What is up, guys? No. Welcome to another edition. You motherfucker. What is up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Straight Edge Wrestling This Week in Wrestling podcast. My name's Adam. I'm joined by Tyler, as always. And no. this has been one hell of a wrestling week. Uh, maybe the biggest week in wrestling. In is this the week where all fans now are sick of wrestling? Oh, I mean, pretty much. I've watched way, way, way more wrestling this week than I, I ever thought I would. I've um, watched more wrestling than I've ever watched in like the last four or ten years. Yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed it though. I've actually enjoyed all of the wrestling I've watched this week. Well, it ended quite well with the uh, ending bar SmackDown. SmackDown, yeah, yeah. I think I think everything delivered this week, which <laughs> makes change. Everything delivered. There's still some issues in areas. Oh yeah, there's still there's still some issues, but you know, mm. I think everything pretty much delivered. Um, it was raw irritated me. Yeah, there was. Yeah, there was some. I just don't understand with Raw why you're sticking so many storylines into one segment. Yeah, it was a bit of a cluster. I think that's a Paul Heyman thing as well. Like with him being with him booking, it's sort of he likes just bang, 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 which is which works, you know. But it gets a bit confusing. It's just it happened multiple times for the show. You don't want to be doing that multiple times on a show. It's like you hit the the end part of the Raw. You just got one thing that storyline that's happening. Then all of a sudden, boom, you're into this bit here and you're like, well, why is this bit even happening? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's like and they try and feed way too much in at, at any given time. But anyway, we'll start off with Raw. We'll work our way through the week as it was, I suppose. So start off with Raw. Um, the show opens strong. Well, firstly, actually, new staging. So we can talk about, we'll talk about both stages. So both Raw and SmackDown had new staging. Pyro came well, back. Everything. We, I think we can both definitely say that SmackDown's is probably got the best stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. SmackDown stage is amazing. Like, I really, really dig it. I think it could be like the best stage they've ever had. To, I think genuinely, just because the sheer size of it is like insane. What the size of the WrestleMania? Yeah, yeah it's like. Uh, you know, I literally said to you last week that all people want back is scaffolding, and they gave them scaffolding. Like they gave them scaffolding on oh, SmackDown. Someone's listening. Yeah, it was. It was it. Like that's. It's a first at WWE. Yeah, like it was. This, it's a throwback to their old original oval. Yeah, the, oval attitude, the original thing. attitude era. Yeah, it's like it's a modern take on it. And I think it's really kind of cool. I think it's really sleek looking, yeah. very modern. Um, like you, 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 and you rightly say like the raw stage. It does look it, it is similar to the old because one because the the screen and everything that's fantastic. I love all of that, but the problem is, is your first glance you look at all the lights at the back, and it just reminds me of what they've just been using. Yeah, it does look. Yeah, it does look similar to that. the The actual screen itself is really cool. The, yeah. Like the, the sleek, like half pipe sort of or quarter Until pipe. Until Braun Strowman runs through someone or Roman yeah. Reigns spears someone through. I love. I love that like hidden doorway thing. I think. I think that's really cool. It's such a good look. And the reintroduction of Pyro, which is weird. When it when yeah, it went away, I also still feel like they miss you. They haven't quite used it enough because like AJ Styles didn't get of, his back. Yeah, nah, if with AJ Styles, what he needs is some smoke. He does. Like, like when he, they needs, first, he needs the Undertaker smoke. Yeah, when they first introduced his his intro his his entrance when he first came in and they had all the Pyro and stuff with it, it was really cool. Um, so but, I, was, you know, I was watching him on Raw and was like. Well, fair enough, because they're not going to do Even though they did screwed up AJ Styles on Raw's entrance, because when they did that bit, he had to then. Yeah. He didn't do his hood thing over, and no. then they had to redo it again. 
uh, yeah, I, I suppose. I suppose the thing is though, they can always change it. They can they can make additions and change all the, all this stuff. So, but I reckon he needs smoke. The, the Undertaker smoke for when he comes out for uh, a bit. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's weird though with pyro. Like you don't realize how much you miss it until it's gone, and then when it's back, it just adds like that extra level of sort of atmosphere to everything. It made the crowd. It <laughs> yeah. made the crowd louder. It made them Although, more into it. I tell it, you one part to do with the pyro and all that thing that I'm worried about. I'm worried that with Becky Lynch is one that when she stands, if she stands in the wrong place, she's getting thrown off stage it's going to blow her away because like, that's freaking powerful <laughs> <laughs> yeah it does look like it's going like, to blow her away the um, the actual uh, set stage for Smackdown they've got I, do you know, I actually can't tell where they're coming from on Smackdown because you can't see like an entrance like on the old raw set you see them come through the curtain on this on the raw set this new raw set there's a door on this Smackdown they just kind of appear there which is kind of funny they're, sort of, they're just there which is weird but no I, th- I think it's awesome I think I think it's nice having the division between the two shows saying, look, they are two separate things. Uh, I one's mentioned got to more you, money than the other one. Yeah, one's got a lot more money than the other one. Um, I, did, I did mention to you, though, I wonder what pay-per-views are going to look like, what stage they're going to use, if they're going to stick to the simpler raw one, or if they're going to go for the bigger grand, the SmackDown one. If they're going to use this, I mean, I suppose, I suppose SmackDown makes more sense, really, because it looks bigger and because it's on the Friday leading into it and the Monday the Raw will be elsewhere away from the pay-per-view so they want that stage there so I suppose it makes more sense to use some or they could have a third stage go back to unique staging which I don't see coming that one they're just going to use the old stage they already have ready for that one. Oh god that would be the most disappointing <laughs> thing if, well, I suppose we'll find out tomorrow night on, uh, on Hell in a Cell well when we're all disappointed with a wet red Hell in a Cell and no one can see what's going on yeah on a four cut on a four match card as well they, uh, so they're doing some New Japan wrestling, yeah? Yeah, 40-minute matches. So Raw started with Dominic being beaten the living hell out of by Brock Lesnar. Um, well, he beat the hell out of Ray and then beat the hell out of, out of Dominic. I know Dominic did take probably one of the best German suplexes that I've ever seen. Yeah. He had that great. He looked amazing. He was being like ragdolled around by Brock and he just took it absolutely perfectly. To take your first bumps in WWE at the hands of Brock freaking Lesnar is quite something I think um, I think he did it amazingly I mean look he's had like the best teacher in the world in like his dad Eddie or Ray whichever one you want to you want to say well, well how you'd have to say Eddie wouldn't you yeah he I, I, I think looks brilliant so it's like in a couple of years time Dominic probably be stepping foot in the ring himself or whatever when he's actually properly trained and I look forward to that it'd be kind of cool um, this is where he decides to put a mask on yeah, yeah, you could do. Mysterio Junior, 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 Junior. Yeah, we had on on SmackDown. Oh, sorry, on Raw. The highest rated segment on Raw was Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. More people tuned into that and then tuned back out when it finished than on any other segment on the show. So, obviously, we know what we know what happened. Those two got into a little beef, and then they set up the crown jewel match: five on five, Team Hogan versus Team Flair. Now, first off, when Flair came to the ring, he suddenly gained another championship. Oh, yeah, the, what, the 17th time, even though just before that, Miz called him the 16th time. Yeah, welcome the 16-time world champion, Ric Flair. And then what happens? They they put up the, on the Tron 17-time world champ. It would have been hilarious if they put on the 21-time champion. Yeah, 20, yeah exactly. But <laughs> Ric Flair, they finally got it right. Ric Flair's like, thank God, they're counting my NWA reigns. The um, That segment was fantastic, just because those two... I mean, they're so old, but those two like going at it was so so good. 
It was just funny because they were just having a laugh. That's why it was good. Unfortunately, it's for a pointless match. I don't think anyone really uh, gives a damn a about it. A pointless but... match at a shitty pay-per-view. That, once again, let's just put Seth in something else. Yeah, Seth's doing yeah, about 18 way things. too much stuff going on right now. Why not use another guy? Yeah, it's true. It's like he's doing so much stuff. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't really know, to be honest. It's... I loved when Randy Orton came out. He he told Seth to crawl out of Hogan's ass, and and they cut that. WWE cut that from their YouTube upload because yeah, yeah they don't they don't obviously like that that line. Um, and so yeah, that's up the five v five. Then it then Rusev came out and Baron Corbin came out, and it was all a bit of a clusterfuck with that. Um, it was a fun segment for the Flair Hogan stuff it was a fun segment because I thought one of them was going to have a heart attack at one point. mainly Flair when he started running the ropes but I, I really like that oh no let's be honest I think Hogan needs a reality check on and he keeps trying to call himself 24 inch yeah come on but brother they're, they're sagging down underneath your arm at this point You're lucky if you got about 12 inches yeah left. yeah that's true um, the show ended in slightly controversial fashion some people liked it some people hated it some people are kind of indifferent about well, it. This is another bit what I was saying earlier about throwing too many storylines into one go. And they could have done the same ten times. Because I don't feel like Seth should ever have been touched by But the fiend, yeah. yeah. He should have carried on doing the thing where he's attacking other people and freaking the hell out of Seth. Because it's, for me, it's a better way of going towards hell in a cell. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and plus it would have made for Monday night after how um, yeah. things were going for a certain man. Uh, it would have been a great way to say, "Well, it's nice, just gone terribly wrong, hasn't it?" Yeah. Reset. I mean, I, 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 mean, I said it to you a little while ago. It's like the tradition in wrestling is lose, 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 win in the end. But the problem is, Seth's lose, 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 losing. And the idea is, is he's probably not going to win tomorrow at Hell in a Cell. And if he does, it's the wrong call. But it's like, if he if he just loses, we have no investment. We never think Seth was going to win. So why do we care about the match? You know? And I, I do care about the match because I want to see The Fiend because it's whatever. But it's it's the most backwards way of booking because that's not how they norm- how you're supposed to book any story, really. The book story is normally one person's got the upper hand going into the main event to the pay-per-view for the old person to overcome it, but whatever. So yeah, the show ended with another, the second cuck-holding storyline on Raw. So Bobby Lashley comes back, makes out with Lana. So that's the second story after Maria and Mike Kanellis as well. Oh my God, don't um, get me started on that storyline right now. I like, people, people both, people either liked it or they hated it. There's no, no sort of middle ground on this. I, I, I don't know what to make of it. Someone, uh, oh, wait. Well, can someone tell me when it comes to Maria's storyline, when we're actually going to get to a rivalry? I don't think we are. I think it will probably be forgotten next week because they'll be doing the Lashley-Lana uh, thing and they'll just forgotten about the Maria-Mike uh, thing. I don't know. Whatever. Um, oh, what, they should, what they should do is make it EC3 and have to redo the rivalry, which was amazing from TNA. Yeah. I mean, yeah, EC3 sitting there doing nothing. Why not? He's freaking wasted. He's one of the best wrestlers I've ever known. He's the best on the mic in that company. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a real shame. They, um, yeah, they, they've got a lot. They've got a wasted talent in EC3. He's literally sitting in catering every day. It's so depressing. So that was Raw on Monday. And then you move on to Wednesday to the debut of AEW going head to head with NXT. I'll start off with the ratings. So, um, 
each show did uh, did pretty well. AEW obviously did a lot better. So AEW's rating for its first ever show, well, its viewership, I should say, was 1.409 million against NXT's 891,000 viewers. Uh, the key point in this, though, was the key demographic, the advertiser demographic, which is the 18 to 49 demographic. So in this, AEW done a 0.68% share of the 18 to 49 demo, whilst NXT does a 0.32 share. So almost or over half of what AEW done in that key advertiser demo. And you see WWE products are normally watched by older people, as can be seen by raw ratings. And they didn't even perform well in, in, in the 50 plus NXT. It was... There was a baseball the, game. Uh, yeah, there was a baseball game. But there's, there's nothing. There's nothing good that you can actually extrapolate from the NXT ratings. Just Triple H looks at it and goes, "Why did I try and put on a uh, my pay per view?" <laughs> yeah, like he gave a, he gave a takeover. He gave an NXT takeover for no reason, really, because. No one watched it. People watched it next day, or they watched it on catch up. You know, they watched it when it went up on the network on catch up because that's what the rest of the world's got. Don't because what? What's at the end of the day? What was the mo- must-watch thing? It was AEW. Come on, it was their first show. Like I don't understand the mentality of oh, we've got to put Adam Cole and, and Matt Riddle out there. We've got to bring back Champa. We've got to do all this just to counter program NXT. We've got to do the fifteen-minute overrun. We've got to start thirty minutes before them. And it was like, come on, guys. Everyone's still going to watch. AEW because it was their first show even if it was terrible everyone was going to watch AEW because it was the first show and it wasn't terrible so AEW kicked off with Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara um, which, was a, which was a decent match and led into Jericho beating the crap at Cody to obviously push forward with that match which Jericho does to anybody yeah which, he's, he's, got, he's got to come up with a new way of doing stuff these days really yeah you um, knew it was coming at some stage yeah, I mean he's good though. He's he's really good at what he does, Jericho. Yeah, he reinvent himself. He, he, just, he, bo- he just can't keep out of a championship. Look, can he? Yeah, he got over a bottle of champagne. That's that tells you what you need to know. That's just pure luck. <laughs> um, we had a we had the first ever AEW Women's World Champion in Rio. She beat Nyla well, Rose. I called that a little while ago. Yeah, yeah. She um, that was a, that was a really good match. I really enjoyed that. Nyla Rose made Rio look great. Or oh, great, Rio was great. Yeah. Anyway, but Nyla Rose really made Rio look great in like um, selling for her like a lot. Considering how tiny she is, you know, she she sold for Rio so well. That's I, why you don't that. mess with the Asian chick. Yeah, I'm really I'm I'm really excited to see where. Where they go with it. The thing is, I know nothing about Rio outside of AEW. I, I didn't. I obviously I didn't follow. I don't know where she was from, Stardom or Shimmer or whatever. But I didn't. I didn't follow any of any sort of New Japan or uh, sorry Japanese women's wrestling Sexist. at all. Yeah, no, it's just it's incredibly hard to find in the UK. You don't really get any of it. Talk to B Presley. It's okay. She'll hook you up. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, um, punch you in the face. Yeah. So we had the and during the main event which was just a complete cluster, like a really good, in a good way, it was a complete cluster. We had uh, the elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks taking on the team of Chris Jericho and LAX. You mean the match should have ended in a DQ? Yeah, the match should have ended in a DQ. But because AEW sort of don't really care about countouts and DQs, apparently, it seems, unless they really want to. Um, even worse than WWE. Like, they, they bend their rules way worse than WWE does, which is like... When John Moxley interrupted that match and beat the living hell out of Kenny Omega, that was it. That was the match done. 
but no AEW rules. They just sort of carry on going because I don't. I don't think at any point in time they said it was an ODQ. I may have missed it, but I don't think they did. No. Yeah, I don't think they did. So yeah, it should have been. It should have been a DQ. So John Moxley dropped Kenny Omega, Omega on his head for a glass table, which was great. I thought it was great looking. There was a great line there from. Um, from Jim Ross which was Tony Schiavone goes they're going back there into the VIP area and Jim Ross goes yeah. there's a VIP yeah. area why did no one tell me about that <laughs> I love that so much they were on form JR Tony Schiavone Excalibur together fantastic Tony Schiavone and JR they go well together obviously they've known yeah. each other for 40 years they go really well together and Excalibur knows the current stuff knows yeah. the current product I think those three perfect well call me talking about announcers with the new ones for Raw yeah. they did really really yeah, well I forgot about that yeah. I get a bit scared though with the one who was in 205 unfortunately uh, I can't uh, remember very well because everyone's in a while I suddenly thought it was Michael Cole he does sound a lot like a <laughs> lot, lot like Michael Cole Dio Madden's got a lot of learning to do he's new he's got a lot of learning well, yeah, to do well, he, he's, his heritage is NFL so you know yeah exactly. but what he's doing is good and he's questioning and stuff and yeah. things and it's he's good. good and like Lawler is like peak Lawler he's doing the best stuff he's done in years and as long he's, as he doesn't have a heart attack will be okay yeah and he's doing he's doing well at like having them two by his side at bringing them up and like he feeds off of them well so when there's when there's a dead air Lawler knows how to fill it I think, I think they're doing great Smackdown as well actually being a two man booth uh, with Michael Cole and uh, Cody uh, Cody Corey Graves it works as well because there's no bickering there's no petty little arguing between <laughs> the two I think it's good well yeah I think they've also been told now because Stop. I think Fox wants it yeah Fox want a proper but presentation but you're going to have to look here because Cole doesn't want to be on be a commentator anyway. he wants to do his stuff backstage yeah who's going to take his place yeah yeah. bring back Tats <laughs> yeah I think I, I, I really really enjoyed um, JR Tony Schiavone Excalibur I thought they were I thought they were the commentary team of the, of the week to be honest I think they were great just because just because it's like Tony Schiavone was able to provide like WCW context he was bringing yeah. in all that JR was calling it and it's got the iconic voice Excalibur's got the new stuff so like between the three of them they're doing everything they're telling the stories and they're really entertaining and I, I've really enjoyed it uh that final match, the main event, probably the most important thing which happened was that at the end of the match, after Chris Jericho picked up the win with the uh, Judas Effect, was the debut of Jack Hager for the former, oh sorry, Jake Hager, the former Jack Swagger. Yeah, but it also gets a bit blurred with his uh, debut in part because there's also just like the new Chris Jericho gang sort of shows up with everyone just jumping one another yeah. and... Yeah, so Jericho, LAX, and Jake Hager, obviously. And also, he was it was his was one of oh, Sammy Guevara. Yeah, yeah. Sammy Guevara as well. They obviously. You just seemed a bit rad in him showing up. Yeah, <laughs> what was weird about that was the fact that he offered his hand to Cody earlier in the earlier in the day at the end of the match, in their match, as like a sign of respect, whatever. So it kind of, I don't know, it didn't really make any sense, but whatever. Um, yeah, so Jake Hager is in there. And I really like the call. I said this to you earlier. I like the call that they weren't saying, oh, he's a world-renowned professional wrestler, former champion, former this. They said, an undefeated Bellator MMA fighter. He's a former... So they tried to make... They tried to, like, legitimize him. What is everyone is with bringing MMA fighters know, into their business? I know, It's funny, isn't it? But so no, you can't get actual wrestlers anymore. I know, so they've just got to go to MMA. So... UFC is screwed. Yeah. AEW did great. AEW's first outing was really good. The ratings were really strong. Despite the 
absolute clusterfuck in the UK distribution and TV deal, which we talked about last week. Um, it's kind of been resolved in a way in the sense oh, that it's starting to get there. It's up on the it's up on ITV Hub uh, the next day, which is perfectly fine. It's um, it's, it's available via Fight, and via Fight you get an even weirder sort of way of watching the show because there's no commercial breaks, but the cameras keep rolling. So if nothing's happening in the ring, then nothing's happening in the ring, and you're just watching the arena. If Chris Jericho is playing with a hot dog in the middle of the ring, like he was doing during the main event at one point during the during an advert, you watch it. You see him running around in circles asking who for a wiener in the ring because... That's apparently what's okay now when on fight, which is a kind of a, it's a weird viewing experience. But it's weird because you hear JR go, and we'll be right back after this commercial break, and then nothing is said by commentary for five minutes, and then it's like we're back, but you've seen everything that's happened in the last five minutes. It's so bizarre. But if anyone's not watched it on fight, I recommend checking it out because it's really really interesting to see. It really is. Uh, but no, all in all. Were you impressed with AEW's first outing? I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was like I thought it. I don't think it felt like WWE. I think that was the main point. No, that's good. It was. It was its own thing. Yeah. So it's just just got to see where they go for the next few yeah. weeks. It's from here on out. It's all about character development. It's all about character development. All about storylines and building. And like, yeah. So like this week they can get away with doing sort of none, none of that really. That, and I think they need to work on their timings. Because yeah. it's seen you got to the main event, you looked at everything rushed. and you were like, oh, 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 there's like no time left for your yeah. main event. Yeah, no, I agree. It's like their production was upped, I think. I don't think we had. Their camera thing was freaking amazing. Yeah, I, I don't think we had any of the same things we've had before on and the pay per views. and all of that was spot on. Yeah. It's just once again, they've got to work on their yeah, timing. Yeah, I think, I think that's it's, literally it. Why is your main event being left with no time at all? Yeah, so. yeah, it's true. And we had, prob- which was definitely the biggest show of the week, uh, SmackDown, SmackDown or Fox. I mean, it was oh, definitely it's definitely the big show because it was the one that had all the money in it. Yeah, 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 it has all the money, it has all the money in it. it, has had all the stars in it, and it done a monster rating. So the provisional rating right now is that it's it hour one done a three million nine hundred twenty thousand viewership, and hour two done three point eight one eight million. And our one had a one percent so share. Again, the rock's going to get the credit, yeah. Yeah, our one had a one percent share in of the audience. What's actually quite interesting, though, is if if these if these ratings hold when the when the full things come out either today or Monday, they only lost you know ninety two thousand viewers between our one and two. That's quite good. They I bet norm- everyone will be kicking themselves watching Brock pooing himself in the second hour. Yeah, yeah. But it's like they they normally they normally hemorrhage. They normally hemorrhage like a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand viewers. So ninety two thousand is it's not a bad number for them to for them to lose. I'm sure they'll all be very very happy with that. I would be. It's their it's their biggest number they've done in years, by far. I haven't done the research to because we just got the number in as we just started recording this. So I haven't done the research to find out when their last number like this was. But I imagine it was probably a post WrestleMania at some point. But I don't think it was this WrestleMania, and it, def- uh, well, it definitely wasn't this WrestleMania. And I shouldn't think it was last WrestleMania either. But on SmackDown, yeah, so we've spoken about the set, which was incredible. The show started off with Vince McMahon getting a huge pop, as always. Vince. Didn't start off with Vince, so it started with Stephanie. Stephanie, actually, yeah, with Stephanie and Vince. And then went straight to Becky Lynch, Baron Corbin, and The Rock. And The Rock 
<laughs> he coined a new nickname for Baron Corbin, what, which was Super Tough Dude. Actually, no, that was Becky that actually gave oh, that. Oh, yeah, Becky gave it, yeah. Super Tough Dude. And The Rock had the crowd chant STD and said to Baron, hey, I want every arena in the country to be chanting that every time you appear. So we're going to be getting that on Raw from now on. At least for the next few months, because you know, yeah. it's how it works for Cena and stuff. So Yeah, so Baron's <laughs> going to be called an STD live on, on Raw for the next, next few months. Uh, once then the rock just knocks it out of the park he's like you can't you just can't say anything about it it's ridiculous the amount of charisma that man has <laughs> it was just pointless Becky being there yeah but she got a nice little rub from that like he because he fed to her and like they looked like a nice little duo and she had a nice line about Baron Corbin's testicles <laughs> um, and her own testicles really well yeah her own testicles I think I think it was I think it was great we had Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon ladder match for uh well, loser leaves WWE. Loser gets fired. Oh, everyone knew he was going to win that match. Yeah, very good match. Very good match. They've done all the high spots. Shane put everything on and let himself get him well beaten the crap out. Basically, yeah. he went through went through the ladder on the outside. He bounced off a multiple ladders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> went through the ladder on the outside. He got throw, he got power bombed onto a ladder on the inside. D- done the coast to coast, which I'm always impressed by. It's at, at, at the age of fifty, I'm sorry, I'm always impressed by the fact mm. that he can still do that. I'm not impressed that he can do that now because of how much well he's in shape. When he was a fat little shy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but still, at the age of 50, like, it's like, because he gets blown up. He's sweating by the time, like, his music starts playing on the way to the ring, yeah. Shane. He gets blown up so quickly. So the cardio it takes to do, like, those sort of moves, it's incredible. Well, you look at Undertaker and what he does. Yeah. And it's like. And he's a dead, broken dead man. <laughs> and, and he, yeah, he done the uh, elbow off the top rope through the announce table. And of course, Kevin Owens picks up the victory. And fires Shane McMahon. And Shane uh, is probably now working backstage. Yeah, so Shane disappears backstage, hopefully, and does something. Who knows? We'll find out in the coming weeks, I'm this sure. Where he now becomes general manager as Matt Nagel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find out like he's been appointed an executive at some point in the next few months. He is now part of AEW. Yeah, <laughs> Shane McMahon is all elite. That'd be fun. We had WWE's um, inside man. I'm bringing it down. Yeah, yeah. They'll never suspect this one. If we send Shane over, they'll never suspect it. I um, bought him, and now we're invading you. Yeah, they do the split screen. <laughs> we had a really interesting segment. So Braun Strowman, there was a there was a multi man tag with like Braun Strowman and, and AJ Styles, Randy Orton, all these people. Anyway, it's a pointless match. The whole point of the match was to set up this one thing. This whole match was was built around basically having Braun Strowman stand off against Tyson Fury, who is the lineal heavyweight, undisputed lineal heavyweight champion of the world. Um, Tyson Fury jumped the guardrail. Do you want to know what I take from this moment? Braun Braun Strowman's a pussy. Why? Because he stands there in the middle of the ring when Tyson Fury jumps over and just laughs. Yeah, he didn't bother actually getting in there. Guards all around. It's been built to be some mad, mad destroyer. I'm going to stand here in the ring and hide behind my posse. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I suppose. He, um, uh, so they're giving Tyson Fury a live mic on Monday Night Raw to say what he wants. Oh, that's going to get and a lot, ain't it? It's being, oh, yes. And it's being said that it will be Tyson Fury versus Braun at Crown Jewel. It's not being confirmed, but that's being speculated right now. Why does Crown right Jewel now. get all these quiet, this because, certain really interesting stuff? Because... And- that the Saudi prince is paying cash for these matches. Well, I thought he it doesn't wanted come out the attitude of... error and he wanted... Um... I suppose he just likes sports. Like, that's the thing. I suppose he just but likes sports. He doesn't sports. even watch it when you see him sitting in his chair. <laughs> I know, but I suppose he just likes sports. So he's like, he probably knows, or or WWE thinks, ah, he'll know 
uh, no Tyson Fury known Velasquez who he probably thinks of oh I could take his head yeah pretty much um, yeah I could hold him for ransom and get lots of money even though he's worth more yeah they um yeah I mean they, they put, they're going to stack they're always going to stack the crown jewel cards they always are because it, it's the most it's the most profitable night you of the year it's where they get their blood money from yeah it's the most profitable night of the year for them that's blood sa- money the Saudis are paying through the nose why are you holding back now you always used to, to say their blood money why are you holding back this time no I, I'm, I'm not holding back yes I, you are I've written entire pieces yeah, and for some reason this time around you're holding back. No, I'm not. I'm just saying it's like I get it. It's like I'm so bored of it. Now. That's the thing. It's like I'm so bored of the Saudi deal because it's just such. It's just the most immoral piece of shit. Like it, it, you just, it doesn't even worth comment on anymore because whatever. I, I'm not covering. Right, let's I'm, move on. Who cares about Saudi? I don't yeah, care. let's move it, on. I don't care. I'll talk about it anymore. It's such bullshit. Anyway, the, the main event was Brock Lesnar versus Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. It lasted a resounding seven seconds. Uh, Kofi bum rushed Brock. Brock F five him, one two three. You know what the best Done. thing for that whole that whole thing and for the whole thing I know it was Mark. Mark oh damn! Why did I just forget his second surname? Mark using the thing the ref Mark uh, thing strongest man. Oh Mark Henry, that's the one. Yeah, Mark Henry was like when Kofi was pinned. Mark Henry was just sat front row with his mouth Goldberg wide just open, had a stupid smile on his face. And yeah, Mark Henry was just like, <laughs> "Wow, you really done that." Like. You messed up the little black man. Yeah, like there's there's one black dude that's made it to the top in this company and you just squashed him with Brock. Like that's, you could just read it all over Mark Henry's face. Like, you know, fuck you, basically. I retired for this shit. Yeah, that was, it was what it was. I think Kofi deserved better, especially because you know they can oh, yeah. put on a decent match. Like Brock yeah. puts on awesome matches with these smaller guys. But yeah, as a whole, the ending to SmackDown was, I think, Amazing. I think amazing because it's like that. We heard the rumor. I said it to you on like Monday. Um, it was like no, maybe Tuesday, whatever, whenever it was. Um, I said to you, "There's a rumor going around that Cain Velasquez is going to come in, and yeah. he's going to be going up against Brock, and that's why um, they had him beat up Ray and stuff." And <laughs> I, I, I said then, I was like, "God, I hope they don't do that." No. I'm. I was wrong. There was, and I'm it's, really it's just a shame that it's going to be another Saudi match. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Dave Belt to the Wrestling Observer today, he said that the because he, he was the guy that reported this and people told him he was wrong and I sort of doubted it. I did doubt it as well. I, I doubted it to you. Um, I doubted it to you. Let me go back and ask it. Um, Dave Meltzer was the one which reported this. He reported... Uh, that Cain Velasquez was coming in and I doubted it everyone pretty much doubted it thinking ah you know he's only been wrestling he's wrestled two matches for AAA or whatever but he was right and Dave Meltzer today reported yeah oh, Dave Meltzer was right about something recently it's weird isn't it he does yeah I know um, it's, I think this is, a, this is a few in a row he's, he's got right you know he's getting better he's, 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 he's getting there he's, he's getting back he's getting over his dimension yeah yeah he's, he's yeah he's somehow he's recovering from his breakdown that he's clearly been having uh, so he reported earlier that it seems like it'll be Crown Jewel be one match and then they'll be pushing for a Mania like rematch basically for uh, that's a while that's off. a while the way I know but well so I'd assume actually it'd be best of three so it'll probably be Crown Jewel maybe Rumble Mania or Survivor Series whatever but like best of three because so by the time you get to Wrestlemania no one's going to really care 
Yeah, well, because obviously also Daniel Cormier is going to be coming into WWE. It's literally going to be UFC. It's going to be scripted UFC. Daniel White right now is bricking it because he's losing all his fights. Yeah. Vince if they're not going to WWE or somewhere else, they're going to Bellator. Yeah, Vince, if Vince opens up that checkbook and uh, to, Con- <laughs> to Conor McGregor, that's it. That's it. Dana White's going to kill himself. Why don't you bring Frank Mir back? Yeah. Do you ever see Frank Mir? Frank Mir's daughter 